I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey, everybody. Happy Tuesday morning or afternoon or evening, whenever you're listening to this. I am Craig Custance, the lead host of the (laughs) Athletic Hockey Show American Edition, joined, ironically enough, by Sean Gentili from Canada, wherever he may be over there. Mm -hmm. Hey, Sean. How are you? How are you feeling, buddy? Most importantly. Uh, feeling good. We're on day eight over here. Uh, mm. Hopefully, I, hopefully, I just keep testing positive and am barred from entering the country for who knows any 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 amount of time. Let's go. You know, I, so we've gone through this here in, in my household. I, I think you can test positive for a really long time after. Not to um, scare you, but I don't think about, you're getting back in the country anytime soon. We're about to find out. I might be making a particularly long drive back to Pittsburgh at some point in the next few weeks. Oh yeah, you can. Anybody can drive in, right? Is that how it works? Yeah, you can't. You can't fly if you're positive. You can drive if you are, which I am, and may have to do at some point. So uh, if you end up seeing a rental car for uh, a significant, mm. <laughs> a significant, a significant rental car fee coming through, maybe uh, give a heads up to Myrtle or whoever's in charge of that these days. 
just for the accept it. We're on the hook for this. Why would we be? Why would we? That's right. Yeah, that's right. We can talk about it later. All right. Uh, we have a great show, as always, of course. Um, we have Peter Baugh joining us to talk Colorado Avalanche. Just cruised on through, as Daryl Sutter said they would. Um, no more prophetic words have been spoken in the <laughs> hockey universe. Uh, we've got a lot of, I mean, there, it was a it was a fun slate of games last night. Um, the Florida game was, was great. Uh, Pittsburgh just dominates. But there's so much off. Ice off season mm-hmm. talk that I want to. I think we should start there before we get to Peter, Sean. Starting with Barry Trotz getting fired, and I know maybe Monday touched on it, but it's an American coach. Well, he's not it's American. It's American team. Lou Lamarillo, definitely American. Um, look, I don't think we should ever be surprised by Lou, but no. holy cow! I found that out while I was doing a radio hit. I was I was going on with Halford and Bruff and. In Vancouver, like when the news when the news dropped, and I think, like I almost I almost swore, like because I was just like, like what what the hell's going what the hell's going on here, right? Um, yeah, I mean, after it's one of those things where after the initial shock, and you think about it a little bit, and it might just be you know confirmation bias when you hear Mm -hmm. people explain the reasoning and whatever else, but I think like. I don't know about you. After an hour or two, I was like, "Okay, this this maybe makes a little bit more sense than I thought than I thought initially." Okay, but what got what got you there? Because um, I, I think I'm, the fact that it's I think the fact that it's Lou gets you a long way. Yeah, sure, sure, right? Because you're just like you're like he's gonna he's gonna do what he wants to do, um, and that's just kind of that. But I don't know. You look at the. <sighs> That's that's been such it's been such a strange year or two for them from a roster building standpoint. Whether you look at the Charter stuff, whether you look at six years to Casey Sezikis, like all these mm. bizarre contracts that are getting signed. Um, and I, I don't. It was a it was a bizarre a bizarre season for them. It started out horribly. They had that crazy the crazy COVID run, the crazy schedule because of the because of uh the the arena opening like on and on and on, I don't know. It felt like something needed to change, and 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 it's Lou. Like, well, how many times has he changed coaches in New Jersey? You know, all the that's time. That's a that's a that's a that's a big part of it too. He's a tough guy to work for, and whenever you're a guy that has pelts like Barry Trotz does, I mean, how how certain are we that this was all one sided? Right? Like, there could have been a discussion wow. where. That where where the end result was Barry Trotz getting relieved of his job, but we're we're hearing from guys like Pierre LeBron and whoever else that maybe he wants maybe a management role is potentially what's next for him, or he wants a bigger say in in uh, in, in roster makeup, you know, moving forward. I don't know. I don't think it's that tough to read between the lines there, honestly. Yeah, when Pierre kind of casually mentions like you know, he's deciding between management and coaching. And yeah. you, I mean, we know Lou's not going to share the duties. Yeah, you think, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you think, you think he has any management duties in, in like with, with the Isles? No, no. If that's something he wants, whether it's added input as a coach or whether it's a dual title or whether it's G, whether it's just straight up being a general manager instead of a coach, whatever that is. Whatever that looks like, Barry Trotz adding management stuff to his 
plate. It is yeah. not coming with the Isles. So, you know, yeah, he was relieved of his duties, but there's a lot that can come before someone is relieved of their duties. Hmm. So it, let, let's pull let's pull on that string a second. If it's let's say he does want either a say, yeah, in management, which I I mean Barry Trotz, I don't know, one of the three best coaches in the game right now. So I mean, you, you immediately you mm-hmm. put together a list of every single team and whether or not they'd be interested because everybody has to take a look at their coach and say, hey, well, how do we feel here? Um, so I think he's sh- he's certainly on the short list of coaches you could say deserves or at least I would consider as an owner giving some say man in, in roster construction too but I also think that eliminates teams on your list you know what I mean Definitely. like if you're like well that's I, but, but that's that's also kind of the and look the guy lost his job yesterday so maybe he doesn't even know exactly what he wants to do and I think I think that's certainly implied in like say Pierre's report right where you're like you know Maybe he wants to do this. Who knows? Who knows what the ratio looks like? We're gonna find that out soon. But yeah, a lot of a lot of the the road forward depends on how serious he is about the management thing and how and what you know what the break what the breakdown is between that and, and coaching stuff. Right. But like I'm in Detroit, and immediately everybody in Detroit it was you know saying, oh, obviously this is a, a fit. But like Steve Eiserman is not going to say yeah you get you get you get to weigh in you, you might be able to be in the room but Steve's not a guy that's giving up a ton of control um, yeah like like do you th- and or not, i mean a more direct way to put it is like do you think that Barry Trotz wants to work with another control freak like general <laughs> manager or hockey head seriously so like where does that i'm trying to th- I'm, I'm thinking through the avail like the, the job openings like Chuck Fletcher to me in Philly like if you're saying okay Chuck's Chuck uh, maybe would be a, more willing to to get some input, but um, you know, Winnipeg is is Chevy going to say, yeah, let's? Uh, I don't know. Chevy's- well, I don't think about this. Winnipeg had to say that Kevin Chevaldeoff is coming back next season. Vegas yeah. had to say that Kelly McCrimmon is coming back next season. Like those guys, as general managers, as department heads aren't aren't you know the their jobs aren't the safest either so maybe that's did we know maybe we're out so barry trotz is a winnipeg native i still think that's what makes i i know that's a that's a really gutsy call marat wrote something great about that yesterday by the way he he broke it down really quickly why trotz to winnipeg makes sense he's from there they need a coach. Shevel Dayoff is. I don't struggle to see him maybe allowing Barry Trotz in in the room in a more meaningful way. We know Paul Maurice had a lot of had a lot of say in in what in what went on there from a from, from yeah. a roster standpoint. Larger than the average coach. Is that it? Is it that? Is it that simple? Maybe that. So if if you're suggesting that this was maybe not all Lou, and we don't know Lou's. It's the iron curtain over there in terms of information but maybe it's barry and lou saying hey all right this works for everybody because that winnipeg job we know kevin Chevaldeoff and that ownership group they're not making drastic changes year over year no they're they're gonna hire a coach and give that coach like five years or whatever like that's just how it goes in winnipeg you get time to work things out 
And so if you're trots, you're saying, this may not open again uh, the rest of my career. This is the place I've always wanted to coach. This is it. So um, if you're going to fire me, Lou. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it now. <laughs> no, I mean, from a roster standpoint, they make a ton of sense too, right? Because what's been their structure? That's a that's not a particularly structured, well-coached team, especially yeah. down the stretch there. They, they were lost. Their whole issue for years has been that Mark Shifley doesn't play defense. That's it. That's their, That was their fundamental issue as an on-ice product is that Mark Shifley is not a good five-on-five -five player. He's yeah. not. If there's anybody on earth that could swing that in the positive direction or get him to adhere to some set of defensive concepts, it's Barry Trotz. And aside from that, aside from the Shifley thing, just when you look at that roster more holistically, and I know this is, I would rather not do this because they play in Winnipeg, you know, right. for obvious reasons. But I'll give you 30 seconds. That is not a team, there's no rebuild coming there. It's not no, happening no. Yeah, right. for, a, for, a, for a variety of reasons. They, they got what they got, whether that's Mark Shifley, whether it's Neil Pionk, whether it's Connor Hellebuck. You, like, you look up and down that roster, that is what they've got. That's what they're going to have mm. for a few more years. So what else can you do other than hire the guy who turned the New York Islanders around in a matter of one season, turn them at least into a competitive team with an identity and a defensive structure quickly. He took what was in what was on Long Island and made it better in a hurry. And that is what the Winnipeg Jets need because there is nothing changing there meaningfully over over the next little bit. So I unfortunately think that Barry Trotz to Winnipeg makes a ton of sense. And if you want to get crazy. Why unfortunately? And Winnipeg, I think it's just, I think this is. Cause, no, because I don't want to talk about them because they play oh, in I Winnipeg. See. I got you. Okay. Um, and if you want to galaxy brain it and maybe, you know, maybe Bill Foley throws $9 million a year at him because that's how it works there. Or maybe, you know, the Leafs lose the next two games and they blow stuff up or, you know, maybe more traditional fits like the Devils or, or the Flyers. I mean, there's there's a lot of teams out there that would love to hire Barry Trotz, but I still think in terms of roster, in terms of management structure, in terms of where he is in his career and what seems like his motivations are, um, I think Winnipeg makes the most sense. Who are you putting in uh, behind the bench for the New York Islanders? I know Ooh. Mike Babcock and Lou got along pretty well oh, from what I could really? tell in Toronto. A lot of mutual respect there. You can't do that, can you? I don't know. Lou can. Lou can. If if anybody's bringing Mike back who doesn't care about backlash or public opinion and is just like doing something they feel convicted <laughs> by, it's Lou Lamarillo. I'm sure Lou Lamarillo's got some got some thoughts on cancel culture. It'll be a <laughs> sh so? shot sh shot across the bow. <laughs> oh, you think you'd just do it to send a message to cancel? <laughs> he said, like, he sent a me he sent a message or two in look, his time. I'm not like. I I don't think Mike Babcock did anything to deserve a lifetime ban from coaching. In the I don't NHL. want him coaching my hockey team anymore. It's 2022. Saying, like, I don't. Whatever. Go find someone else. I'm not paying Mike Babcock $6 I know million. You're, I know Sean Gentile's not. But is I, Lou Lamarillo? Is Lou Lamarillo going to 
foot the bill for Mike Babcock and so mm-hmm. he can come back and, you know. I don't yell think Mike costs and- nearly as much as he did. You're getting <laughs> him at a you're getting him on you're getting you're buying low. <laughs> That's true. When when you're in competition with the University of Saskatchewan or whatever. Yeah. Um who did Kerr's I, I haven't I haven't read that yet. Right. Who did Kerr's say? So Mike was the, number say, one. Say the, Mike the, I don't uh, know if really? these are in order. Lane Lambert, <laughs> which you know, that's I think he's uh I know again, he's a guy that has connections to Detroit and Steve Eiserman, so there's he's gonna be somebody who gets <laughs> Doesn't he doesn't he legally have to just go coach with, with Trotz wherever he ends up? Oh yeah, that's right. He's he <laughs> <laughs> Look, maybe that's a Mike Sullivan John Tortorella situation. Did anybody ever consider that? Like Lane Lambert's been connected to Barry Trotz for years. He's always been a guy that people are like, Oh yeah, he's he'd be a good head coach. And then the I mean, Mike Sullivan, not to get into segment two, but because he might be the best coach in the game right now. You, you see what they're doing. Like, you see I, what the Penguins and their structure are doing to the just running over Ted Lasso and the Rangers right now. <laughs> I'm biased to an extent for obvious reasons, but I think that I think it's absurd that that guy hasn't wanted to. He hasn't won a Jack Adams. How? He should have won one his first year. He hasn't. I, I, that's that's no. a terrible award. That doesn't. Yeah, yeah you know why? Because the broadcasters vote on it. <laughs> that's uh, why it's bad. Is that why? Uh-huh. Uh huh. He should. He, sh- he should have won one in his first year, and he hasn't. And then he won another cup, and he didn't win it again. So I swear, those guys are like, well, he's like, he's like old news now. I hate the Jack Adams. I the hate Jack it. Adams. I, the Jack I hate Adams the, is just like who, I hate the who did better than we the, thought they were going to. That's that's the Jack Adams. Who was the coach? Who's the coach of a shit team that had a good run by a, that had a good six week run by a goalie? That's wow. What it is? That's I think that's the actual that's engraved that's on the, the Jack that's, Adams. That's on the plaque. Kersey <laughs> <laughs> uh, also mentions Pete DeBoer. Obviously, making the connection to the days uh, oh. they know each other well, Lou and um, is this true? Lou fired Pete DeBoer on Christmas. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, that's that's just that's amazing. Um, yeah, you never heard that. Yeah, Pete DeBoer was dressed up as Santa for the company Christmas party, and Lou called him and, in. And, and Lou called him in. He, he had to pack up his things in a little Santa suit. I remember Claude Julian telling me the story about getting fired by Lou. He said he calls him in for a meeting right before the playoffs, as we know. And Claude was just like, I thought we were talking playoff logistics. Like, what time is the plane leaving? Like, <laughs> oh literally God. thought it was like, let's, you know, put a bow on how Did our, he re- our, 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 tra- our playoff band, our playoff travel or whatever. He just thought it was going to be the most mundane. And Lou was like, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Claude. Was that one of the times he replaced him with himself? Oh, gosh. I lost track. Maybe. Robbie Fatoric, who came um, in. Uh, Jeff Jeff is saying yes. That was yeah, producer Jeff yeah. says yes. That was that was when uh when Lou fired a coach and replaced him with Lou. Rick Tockett uh, is also mentioned by Kersey. Rick Tockett, who Charles Barkley last night was stumping for, saying he deserves <laughs> to be a coach if, if Charles Barkley is here. <laughs> wow, it's really really crazy to me that those guys get along. <laughs> By the way, the Turner, need, the Turner intermission is oh, pretty good. good. It's good. I like. I actively was seeking it out, like to watch. Inter- I like. When was the last time you're like, <laughs> I want to watch a hockey intermission? 
that's all they're that's all they're trying to do. Like as someone who watches a lot of the NBA and a lot of the NBA yeah. on TNT, like they have come as close as they possibly can to you know, I don't ripping off the format, right? They they're just that, they're, that, they're trying to have close fun. of a recreation as as we've yeah. had. It's 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 like Biz was really good. Biz isn't afraid to say like he was talking about no. the Yoshi hit. Like like Biz is having a good time out there. He was doing the he was doing the Kuznetsov bird flapping. Like they're they're having a Charles Barkley's talk. Like you know was, why they're having fun. They That's, like talking to each other, and players like talking to them. That's it. It makes like it really. Good, uh, it, it yeah. really is. It really. It really is that simple. Like it's. It's. It, it's wild. We have half I'll of that equation what, on this I'll podcast. <laughs> I'm not sure which half. <laughs> oh. Oh, I am. Um, it's really good. And then uh, to contrast it, like decisive. ESPN, like Chelios is like. I don't. Does Chelly even want to be there? Like I was getting those. PK was good, by the way. Oh, PK's. PK's not the problem there. Um, they, they, a, those guys, those guys did not get enough reps during the regular season. Yeah, yeah. It if just they, doesn't doesn't. Have if the same that was gonna strength. work, if that was gonna work, they needed to be on TV more often, not once in the first six weeks of the season. So now you have Messier and Chelios who have. I how, honestly, God, how many games have they worked? It's yeah, probably single just, digits, and they're throwing them out there every night in the playoffs, and it does not work. We're getting so sidetracked. Um, okay, I don't even. Sorry. So I'm gonna. We're even gonna move on from Islanders because I want to talk really quick. We might have to talk the Pierre McGuire bit in the last segment because we're out of That's time right. before we get to Peter. Do you have any like this team needs to win the lottery tonight? Because I do want to talk draft lottery. And while you're doing that, I'm gonna do a tankathon and I'm gonna tell you who's gonna win based on this. Is it? We're gonna roll the. Oh dice man. Here. Okay. Um. Who needs it worse? That's a that's a good question. Also, there's. I, the the prospect guys have been great over the last little bit. Corey and Reed Corey stuff. Corey and, Cor- wheels. Corey and wheels. And Max um, is dropping his big board. I love the local, like just through the local lens. Um, just to give the the odds right now, while you're considering Montreal's at eight point five percent, Arizona's at thirteen point five percent, Seattle's at eleven point five. Oh wait, hold on a second. Before you read it, before you read it, yeah. The Flyers. Yes. I, th- I think they're. I think. I think. Th- I think they're the team. I think that's my answer. Okay. Here's what I'll say about Chuck Fletcher in the in his career. He's always been managing teams that are like in the middle. Like the mm-hmm. Wild for years never had a top pick. Uh, Kaprizov was <laughs> his best pick, right? He, and he did not get to benefit from it. Um, same thing with like the fly- Like it would be interesting. Now he, you know, it would be interesting to give them. Now they've had the number one overall pick in. Go great. It's, we can talk about Cal McCarr. That's what they passed on, right? Essentially. Um, I heard that it was Haskinen that they passed on. Hayskinen. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the. But either way, either way. Um, it, so you're saying the Flyers luck. have to win? All right. I'm gonna. I think. Gonna, I, I think they're the most interesting team that real that has you know realistic odds on, on it for sure. I don't. You don't. I don't want Arizona to win. I feel no. Although I feel Arizona has gotten screwed so many times on the lottery through the years that i do feel like maybe they're due but oh my gosh you're like you're like rubbing your eyes because you just all right i'm going to simulate it once this will be the athletic hockey shows one time this is what's going to happen tonight Mm -hmm. simulate here we go i'm mashing the button (laughs) as they say your winner the montreal canadians Uh, that's boring 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 
Arizona down to three, and Barry Trotz's Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> Ten slots to the fourth Whoa! spot. Whoa! Wait, so that means that um, that means that the that the Jets actually won the lottery, right? Oh yeah, I guess in that scenario they win, move up the to lottery. They they're the lottery winner. They're the lottery winner. Oh, I love scenario. that. So your Jets—that's a sign. All right. Also, by the a way, a lot of Jets talk today on the, the American edition of the. Max and Corey are hosting a live room during the lottery Tuesday night. Are if they? anybody li- if if anybody is listening to this on Tuesday afternoon, yeah, yeah, get ready for um, it because live rooms are fun. Live rooms are interactive. We need we need to, we need to do one. I've I've enjoyed myself in them. We volunteered and they don't seem interested in having us do one. They've asked every other podcast. You know why? Know. You know you know why? Why? Because we're because we're not any good. Mm, I'll do it. Also, also going to be posted as a podcast too. So if it, if if you folks are listening or interested in listening to that, uh, you can you'll be able to get it in the feed tomorrow. Um, I guess the Blue Jackets have that Blackhawks pick. A lot. I'm I'm pumped for the draft. Draft's fun. We should just talk draft talk from here on out. We should we should actually just plan our draft itinerary off the ice, you and I. Hey, get ready for that. the Athletic Hockey Show meetup in Montreal. <laughs> Sean and I will let you all know like wherever we end up that night if you want to join us. Yeah, it's going to be late. It's going to be No, it's not going to be late. <laughs> you know, I'm in bed by 10 now. You know me. Yeah. I will you'll say let's go out and I'll say nah. I'm not, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We're going to be there for a long time. Uh, um, all right. Peter Baugh coming up next to talk about the Colorado Avalanche. We're going to dive into the playoff series. Fun night last night in the playoffs. We'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a treat in segment two. I wish you I wish you could see Peter Ball right now in his Indiana Jones hat. I, I bet you nobody enjoyed Nashville like Indiana. that had to be a Nashville pur- purchase, right, Peter? Oh yes. I did not yes, own this I hat mean. um before I, I went here. I thought it was a cowboy apparently cowboy hat. I was my friends, when I sent them a picture, they're like, "That's not a cowboy hat, Peter." But <laughs> I did some research. Apparently, this is a Nevada style cowboy hat with the flatter brim. So, I so think is it, it a cowboy hat or not a cowboy hat? You said- I think it counts. I'm Sean? personally counting it. For it's my probably own it's probably Western wear, dude. Uh, dude, I gotta say, when you tweeted the photo of you wearing it, um, I laughed out loud. It was really, <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> And if I know anything about hockey players, 
they will not let you change. The Avalanche, mm-hmm. who, that is a team Peter covers, if you're not familiar with his fine work at The Athletic, uh, just steamrolled their way through round one. And Peter, wearing this hat, will now have to wear that hat until they lose. Yeah. I'm assuming that's probably the memo you'll get from somebody in the front office or something shortly. <laughs> I mean, especially in, in closeout games, I guess. Because I looked, I mean... I do say so myself. I looked great last night. I uh, I had a nice like little blazer and a nice shirt, and I had the hat. First question I asked Nathan McKinnon in his post game. I asked him what shifted when Nashville took their first lead of the series in Game Three, or in in the third period of Game Four. And he goes, "We well, were just thinking about your hat, Peter." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's amazing! It's like they're they're looking up towards the press box. Yeah, like, it's like my that's well, like, my journalistic peak. They're that pointing. Is, that's they're, is good. Yeah, they're they're point, Thanks, pointing pointing from the bench. Exactly. We're like oh, we're like a month away to that being like when they win a game with their, they they start awarding the MVP of the game. You know, they're like, hey, they're in the dressing room. You get the wear the Peter Ba hat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, McKinnon. like a like a that it's gonna be it's instead like of a like a Viking a Viking helmet. Or yeah, yeah. Like the, the Broadway hat, like the Rangers mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's like Sam Powell, I know, ate that like monstrosity of a sandwich that they're selling at the Capitals Arena. It's like a cinnamon roll chicken sandwich. She ate it oh. before game three. And then someone left her ahead. Of, they capped one game three. So before yesterday's game, someone left her one of the sandwiches um, at her like seat in the press box. Did she I, eat it? I'm not sure. I that mean, stuff's in, that's a no go for me. I can't. I mean, I'll eat whatever for the most part, but. Eh, I'd try it. Cinnamon, no, <laughs> too much. the the sweet The sweet and savory stuff is what is what gets me. Like the the um the KFC donut sandwich that came out a couple years ago. Mm. I thought I thought I was gonna die. <laughs> was it the? I don't know if one? I'd like it, but yeah. I'd eat it. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like Peter's up for anything. That's yeah. what I like about you, Peter. Yeah, look at the look at the hat. We know that. Well. <laughs> so. We all, like Daryl Sutter called it, Avalanche, it's a waste of everybody's time in round one. Um, and I, I like that he was sneaky putting pressure on them. It didn't seem yeah. to phase them at all. You know what I mean? Like, he's doing all the Jedi. Oh, it's mind all mind behind games. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, they did not care. Great draw for them. But they you have to take care of business, which they did. Did you, in the process, Peter, was there anything, besides maybe Cal McCarr being the best player in the game, which we openly maybe talk mm-hmm. about now what was there anything that stood out to you that you're like hey this this feels different about this year's team yeah well i mean one big thing is that they made it through the series mostly healthy so darcy yeah, kemper obviously huge. didn't play game four because he got hit in the face with a stick but i would assume he would have played if the swelling in his eye was down it just wasn't down for game uh four but that it does not see it with a week of rest it, there's no damage to his eye, no concussion, none of that. So that swelling should go down. He should be ready for the start of next series. Then other than that, Andrew Cogliano, and um, he's a little banged up. Ryan Murray's a little banged up, but a week off should help with both of them. You look at where the Avalanche were last year going into the second round. You had Nazem Kadri suspended. You had Eric Johnson out. You had Bowen Byram out. Um and that's, I mean, that's only three players, but those are three players who are all contributing this year and they're fully healthy. So, I mean, I think that's the biggest difference I see is health. And I do think that this is somehow, despite the fact that Joe Sackick said at last trade deadline, 
Like, we know this is the deepest this team is going to get. They found a way to get deeper this season a year later. So it's yeah. it's deeper than they were last year. And now it's also healthy, which is beneficial. I, I want to go back to Kemper for a little bit because I'm still just, I don't know if shaking up's the right word for it, but like I can't remember a scarier situation on ice that was so quickly resolved, right? Because you, yeah. you, you saw that door, you saw that door and run a play and you're just like, this is a disaster. We just watched something horrific happen. And then pretty quickly he was, o- he was over, you know, on, on the bench. Like you could see him, you could, you could see that he didn't have his eyes scooped out by Ryan, Ryan Johansson's stick. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, that's whatever that, but that's, that's not, that's really not why I bring him up. I mean, he's, he looked and you take with a grain of salt cause it, cause it's the Preds and whatever. Um, <laughs> but I, mean, I think he did make that, the playoffs. It's not like it's the three of us out there. Close enough. Um, what have you seen? I, he, I don't know if people are aware of how good he was down the stretch. I think because of how, you know, people just, whether the abs were on cruise control or you just kind of look at him as a, as a regular season juggernaut or whatever, I think Kemper kind of slid under the radar because he was, he was, he was really good. He was. And this team, this avalanche team was at points this year, pretty leaky defensively, which was a difference from last year's team. And he held firm. He had a bit of a up and down start to the season, but he came back from a, an upper body injury. I think on December 6th, December 8th, maybe played in New York that night. Since then, I believe he has the second highest goal saved above expected only to Shusterkin. So he, he was remarkable. The our, he was one of, he was a top three goalie in the league from December on, which is pretty impressive when you have the team, the avalanche have on the ice. I think um, the one thing about him against Nashville is that I agree that it was like a completely mismatched series, but Kemper looked really good in game two when Nashville, if that game went to overtime, Connor Ingram was like being Patrick Waugh mixed with Dominic Kashik and stopping everything. And Kemper, made a lot of big saves and say what you will about the Preds. If one of those shots in overtime goes in, suddenly it's a one, one series with the Preds having home ice advantage and the whole complexion of the series going to change. So it's, I think he was, that was a sneaky, like big moment for the abs, which some of the saves he made that's led to McCarr's game two overtime winner. All right. Let's talk about Cal McCarr. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I, I, I like that you called Paul Coffee. That was good. Good stuff out of Peter. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Like what? What? For those who didn't read the piece, here's you know Paul Coffee, one of the one of the greatest defensemen, you know, certainly of his generation. What What did he see in Kale, and and like, what do you continue to see in Kale right now? As he's going to be like, I mean, his star is just off the charts right now. Yeah. Well, it's so funny. I wrote about it last night that it's like, it's it's kind of hilarious that he's so polite and so mild mannered. And then on the ice, he's like just borderline cruel to the people yeah, who are defending yeah. him. Like, also, like, also, by the way, congrats on getting to write about that dude every night. Like you're, you're hooked to a, you're hooked yeah. to a gravy train right now. Yeah. I'm very, very, very jealous. And I, and I'm also covering Nathan McKinnon. Who's pretty darn good himself. Um, yeah. But <laughs> so, uh, but car, I mean, I think I, I've, I talked to, yeah, Paul Coffey, and I think, like, they talk about his skating, like, they like they just are, like, I, I've talked, I've done a couple stories where I've talked to old defensemen about what they see, and his skating is the thing that jumps out immediately, but then also just the fact that he's willing to shoot, 
And that's gone up this year. He's taking more shots, which is why you saw him score 28 goals in the regular season. He's taking more shots. He's skating at such an elite level. And then I think you saw last night, he also is just really smart and reads the game well and has elite vision. So last night on the go-ahead goal, he passes to Val Nachushkin because he knew that as soon as he got past Trennan on the boards, he was going to, one of the Predators would have to come over to help and that would leave someone open because the Pred structure uh, is mostly man-to-man. And that's like a split-second decision that he knows that is darting to the net, looks, sees Nachushkin, goal, game over. So it's it's a really... He, he's a he's a very smart player with elite vision, elite skating, a great shot, and doesn't really make many mistakes. Like and defensively now, he's a very good player. I don't know if he's an elite like defensive defenseman, but he's good and above average at the very least. One of the abs top penalty killers. So <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't have to be. He's he's playing with Devon Taves. Yeah, he's you know two second round picks to Devon Taves. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, that was quite a trade for Joe Sackett, but he, uh, but he, he doesn't have to be great defensively, but he is like, he's, he's really yeah. good in that aspect of the game. And I think that's one thing that sometimes gets overlooked because he's so dynamic offensively. People don't necessarily realize just how he's, he's an above average defensive player too. So um, tw- 21 shot attempts in game two, by the way. Yeah. And I think the, I can pull up the numbers, but the shot, the five on five shot attempts when he was on the ice and it was two, insane. We, was we, we were, we're, we have a Slack channel for it's, it's me and Laz and Shana and Max. Cause we're, we're doing the daily, the daily file. And we were, we mm-hmm. just had like a running tally of whatever <laughs> for, for, for McCarthy. It was 41 to six or something or something. Yeah, it was, it I, was I don't, I, I don't, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it, it was completely out of control. Right. I want to acknowledge that I misspoke earlier in the podcast. For some reason I had it in my head that Philly won the, lottery that year the calvin card draft and they were they picked second it was new jersey and nico he's right yeah and they first, of course yeah. then it's nolan patrick then miro haskinen then cal mccarr and petterson after that so and if you're dallas you can't be mad with no you're not mad style. if you're dallas but mm, boy yeah <laughs> if you're uh, if you're if you're if you're philly you might be. Uh, yeah <laughs> dallas that year i think in that draft sorry i'm now i'm getting on a tangent but i think yeah, they sure. got Haskinen, Robertson, and Ottinger in that draft. Yeah, that that's was... Uh, that's not bad. That's a good... And that was... Consi- like, I remember that w- once you got, like, out of the of top whatever. five... That, yeah, nobody mm-hmm. liked that draft. I just mm-hmm. remember that year people were like, ugh, like, Owen Tippett might be the, end up being the best player from this draft, and he's... And what, ironically, ends up in Philly. Um, yeah. So this is my long-winded way of saying it doesn't matter who wins the lottery tonight, folks, mm-hmm. because you might get Cal McCarr at four. It sometimes matters. It sometimes matters who if you oh, when Nathan McKinnon's sitting at the top. When Nathan McKinnon's <laughs> in the number one pick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, this is we talk about how championship teams are built. Superstar centers and a superstar defenseman. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's a, and that's a good that's a good way to get it done. And maybe the deepest team, Peter, that Avalanche have had in, uh, in with this group and also healthy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pete Pete, you mentioned you mentioned the depth. Uh you know, but maybe this is actually the deepest. Who is who from the trade deadline acquisitions has come up biggest for them? Because I, I I feel like I feel like people might have checked out on the Avs down the stretch. Well, it's kind of it's kind of funny. Like if you look at Joe Sakic's trade deadline last year, they added a lot of pieces that just didn't hit. It was like Patrick Nemeth and Carl Soderberg and 
and those guys were either like non-impact players in the playoffs or negative impact players in the playoffs. So this year, I think Sackick maybe learned from learned from that. And the guys he got, he gave up some stuff. He gave up a former first round pick in Justin Barron. He gave up Drew Hellison, who's a good young prospect. And they had they got a lot of solid players. And I think if you looked at in this playoff series, Arturi Lekkanen scored mm-hmm. a few big goals and looked great. He is relentless for checking. And when it, he, he's not currently playing on a line with Val Nachushkin, but when they are together, it is They're hilarious terrors. to watch because they just like are harassing yeah. whoever has the puck. Um, Josh Manson has fit into a second pairing role with Samuel Gerard, which has allowed him to get more space and, um, that's been a really productive pairing. Nico Sturm assisted Kale McCarr's overtime winner in game two. Andrew Cagliano got hurt, but he scored a shorthanded goal in game one. So every trade deadline acquisition Sackick made has looked good. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it was a productive deadline. And I think Lackanen's the guy that you're like, wow, this guy yeah. is a legitimate top six maybe player. I mean, they have him in the top six right now. They have him playing with Kadri and Landeskog on the second line. Who could have imagined Arturi Lekkonen coming in and making an impact in a in a postseason? That's really really shocking <laughs> stuff. It, that 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 definitely didn't seem like a huge win. Is is and look, I I you mentioned Baron. I, I I know they gave up they gave up a lot, right? But I mean, I don't know. You can you can lock him in. <laughs> he's he's a classic. He's a classic. You know, per, whatever game type personality type of of a dude who is just who's just on good hockey teams. Yeah. Ev- every championship caliber hockey team has a guy or two like Arturi Lekkinen. He's he's a blast. An underrated aspect of the GMing by Joe Sackick is they give up a lot at the deadline, but then they go mm-hmm. out and sign Ben Myers, who some teams viewed as a first round level like that level asset, <laughs> and they just replenish it by signing the top college free. Patrick Nemeth, who you mentioned, uh, Sean's a big fan of, by the way. Oh the my God, has he been? He's been. He has oh. been. Oh, he is. He is having a series against against Pittsburgh. Boy, he has been very, very bad. It, uh, such a nice guy. Nice guy. <laughs> like know, one of the shame. best. But yes, he he struggled mightily against Vegas last year. Not to like, in, in you know, rush past the first round sweep, but this whole Avalanche has always been about the second round this whole year. Um, do you, like, is there a vibe to this team that like that, that's not going to get in their heads at all if they lose a game or two early? Because here's what's going to happen: they're going to have a bunch of time off, right? And they're going to mm-hmm. lose game one. That's how this goes. They're going to lose game one of that series, and then everybody's going to pile on about round two, and that's when I think the true test of this team is going to be. Yeah. Well, I will say, last year they had a week off, and Vegas had a seven game series with Minnesota. And was just exhausted come game one in Colorado steamrolled. So yeah, all right. I, I I'm not sure. I, I I think it can go either. You disagree way. with my premise? I might, but a lot of second- a lot of good that did him. <laughs> I mean, seriously, yeah. Like that's. I mean, I think the true test though is like last year. The first time they got punched in the mouth, they kind of like yes shut down for a couple games rather than the. And by the time they got back rolling, it was too late. Um, I think that the second round is an interesting thing. Cause I think a lot of people see like three straight second round losses. I think this team views it a little differently internally, just cause it was like the way they see it is like, just from talking to Bednar and people around the team, like 2019 
they were the young upstart team that was overmatched against San Jose getting to game seven of the second round was probably about as good as could have been expected. Yeah, the next year was the bubble. The next year was the bubble. They were down to their third string goalie in the second round. Landis Gog was hurt. Eric Johnson was hurt. They were down like seven regulars. So bad luck series in a weird environment with the bubble. Last year's the series that really stings them. Like, that's what Jared Bednar talks about. He's like, that was the one that was our fault. And like, that hurts. And so I, I think it's a little different view internally than like, it's been three years and they haven't gotten over the hump. I think they know it's there. They're going to get asked a lot about the second round, but like, I don't know. These are confident guys like Nathan McKinnon. I think it's like, I don't think he's like worrying about like, oh, are we, is the second round our enemy? He's more worried about like the blues or the wild or whoever they play. I think that it helps that weirdly, there's been a lot of turnover on this team. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of those guys. I mean, if you just look at, I mean, I'm not good. I won't bore you by going through the whole roster, but like, the no, McKinnon line has been there. Go through it person by person. I, I like <laughs> but like you look at guys like, I mean, they have three to four deadline additions that will be playing that were not, have not been there for any of the four or the, any of the three second round series before this. Darcy Kemper wasn't there for the second round series before this. Bowen Byram didn't play, hasn't played in any of those series. Eric Johnson was hurt for two of them. Like, so a lot of these guys are either new or fresh or just haven't been around the team in these environments, which I think is a unique mix of like, you have the guys who have gone through the heartbreak with the avalanche, but you also Mm -hmm. have guys who are just like, they don't, I mean, like, I don't know if Josh Manson is thinking about like, Oh, Colorado hasn't gotten through the second round the last three years. He's Mm -hmm. just thinking, Oh, I got traded to this team. That's pretty good. That's fun. Um, So I, so it's, it's an interest. That's a long winded. Some of the thought I've thought a lot about the whole like second round question, like a long winded way of saying i don't know how much it matters i think it matters in that like the second round is when you're down to the eight best teams and you're going to be playing a really good team and it's really hard to win and colorado which team between minnesota and st louis do you think avalanche players are secretly hoping come out of that series um i i have not this is a pure speculation i'm going to preface right. that i have not yeah yeah I'm i know not, I, I'm, I, you're not speaking for uh Gabriel i'm not Landis trying Dog to give here. like i'm not trying to give <laughs> From the desk of Jared Bednar. Yeah, this I'm is not, the team I'm that not, they want to play. Note to all fan bases, I'm not giving bulletin board material from the mouths of the Avalanche. I would guess that the Avalanche probably look at it uh, at it similarly that I do and that they want to go to St. Louis, home of a great uh, city park in Forest Park, home of great barbecue, home of my dog Dante. <laughs> oh, there um, you go. Like, all right. I think they probably want it for different reasons, but I think St. Louis, it's like you look at like if their defense is as anywhere close yeah. to as banged up as it is against the wild, like that's the answer is like Billy Huso or Jordan Bennington going to like steal a series when Cal Rosen is playing the third most minutes of any blues defenseman. Like no offense nope. to Cal Rosen. He played really well. Wow. I, I'm just surprised that you're so hard on Cal Rosen. <laughs> <laughs> that was that sounded mean. <laughs> really, I'm just saying that like the Avs' third best defenseman is like Samuel Gerard. The Blues' third best defenseman is it, it healthy right now is Cal yeah, Rose. Yeah, and that's yeah, yeah. it's just like it's brutal. So I would guess the Blues would have some of those guys back, but I think the Avs this year they lost 
to the Blues the second game of the season when like McKinnon had COVID and Landeskog was serving a suspension. But like the two games they've played where they've been relatively healthy, like they looked like a significantly better team. And I think there's just like the Blues have an amazing forward group. I do wonder about their goaltending and their defense. So I think if that, if you're that, I think if you're the ads, you want this series to go seven. You want these teams to just beat the shit out of each other. Like, am I allowed yeah. to curse on this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. You can okay. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as, only if you apologize like Cal McCarr does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excuse my language. Um, he was kind of, I think he was kind of mad last night about the getting Skittles thrown at him, which is fair. Like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah like we didn't even talk about that. You should not, you should not yeah, have to worry about getting Skittles thrown at Don't throw Skittles. Don't, don't throw, hey, Skittles. listen, listen, America, don't throw things at Cal McCarr. Don't yeah. throw, don't throw Skittles. Don't throw any candy. Yeah, don't just throw don't M&Ms. throw stuff on the ice. While don't people throw gumballs. Yeah, I feel like I mean that could be. I know these guys are good skaters, but what if one had landed like right in front of his skate and, yeah. and he tripped, and then like no, someone he got should hurt. have been mad. Yeah, like, if you make Cal McCarr e- the even the mild mannered Cal McCarr, who's an assassin, though we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't, don't make him upset. Don't. He, he he was very polite about it, but he was like. It was a great atmosphere up until that point. They have a great fan base here, <laughs> but it is what it is. But you could tell he was a little annoyed. Did you ask um, him? Did you ask him how he knew that they were Skittles? Like, did he see a purple one hit the ice and was he like, someone, okay, those aren't, those aren't M and M's? Someone else did, and then he said, he said that um, he saw him in the face-off circle before play began, mm-hmm. and then he said like, and they don't have Smarties in the states, so I knew they were Skittles. Which I didn't know there's like, apparently there's, I said, I told him, I was like, well, there are Smarties in the States. He's like, really? I haven't seen them. Yeah, they're but apparently worse. Canadian Smarties are different than American Smarties. They're unfortunately much better. They're, mm. there's, cho- there's chocolate involved with Canadian Smarties. Okay. And you, you can also get um, ketchup uh, Smarties. Weird. In Canada. <laughs> <laughs> all dressed, all dressed Smarties. All, all dressed Smarties. Andrew Hammond would have eaten the Skittles. That's, that's yeah, I mean. I think Kale did that's like have. A, that's a hamburger poll. Yeah. <laughs> oh hey, speaking of the 2015, speaking of the you guys remember 2015? You guys remember Andrew right? I'm I'm sorry. I'm just going off the rails. No, you're fine. Go ahead. But we're just speaking of Andrew Hammond. Mm-hmm. How about that Matt that Matt Duchesne trade for uh, for Joe Sackick, where you get obviously the hamburger, but last obviously. night. Last night in the Avs game, the Predators are playing Matt Duchesne. The Avs are playing Samuel Gerrard, who they acquired in the trade. Mm-hmm. Bowen Byram, who mm-hmm. they acquired that pick in the trade. And their backup goalie with Kemper out was um, Eustace Anunin, who's their top goalie prospect, who was acquired with a pick used from the Matt Duchesne trade. Or, well, that- I, I guess technically it was a pick. Dad's got a pick in the deal and traded it, traded down for two more picks, one of which was a new name. So it was like, all right, I, I think that's, I hate, I hate trade trees, but I think that's close enough to count. Yeah. Like that's the pick that people freak because, because most people know, all right, Bowen Byron, Sam, Sam Gerard, this, that's the hall for Duchesne. But I, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. And the Hamburglar and uh, Kamenev. And, and we Shane. love, and you know what? And we love Matt Duchesne in these parts. He was, was to say, there'll yeah, be no Matt was, Duchesne uh-uh. slander no, on this podcast. It's, I, Peter. I, I have no, I, I up like, on him now. This isn't like Matt Duchesne slander. I mean, he's obviously, he's had an amazing year, mm. but I think that objectively, that was a pretty, pretty good trade for Joe Sackick. And a lot of people didn't know this. Joe Sackick was not a good GM until that trade. Nope. Do you remember that? Like people were like running him out of town. He was going to get fired. Yeah. He was, he was, I, he needed to hit on that or else he was going to be gone. And now look at him. 
And now he's getting Devon Taves for two second round picks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. You look great. Yeah, thank you for having feel me. Feel great. Look good, feel good. Hey, yeah. here's my here's my uh proposal to you is is mm. that for every round you buy some different hat. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm. I mean, is there a Lewis hat? You just had to get like a Cardinals like baseball hat. Well, I have no, we don't want that. That has I have a hat that has like I think like a it was a college graduation present. It was like a it's like a St. Louis hat with like the St. Louis flag on it. And I wear it a good bit. It's a good hat. Mm. Doesn't count. Need need a new one. Sorry, buddy. Need a new one. I mean, I can make that happen. <laughs> I'll just I'll just get a like St. Louis Forest Park hat. It's like my favorite mm-hmm. spot. It's a great if anyone's in St. Louis, Forest Park. Biggest city, bigger city park than Central Park. Some say better than Central Park, including I believe USA Today. Some say um, so, <laughs> USA nobody, Today. Nobody was, says that. No, no, no. Craig, more and more you. people are saying. <laughs> yeah, that's. I will send you the USA Today. Saying. USA Today city park rankings. Forest Park, I believe, is number one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next up, next up, Pete's going to drag up some weird trip advisor list that calls you know <laughs> the, best, the best pizza I mean, in, USA, in America. USA Today is not really a good. reliable topic. All right. <laughs> Goodbye, Pete. Goodbye. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for <laughs> St. Louis ambassador and Forest Park um, Ranger Peter Baugh. At ease. He just tipped his hat. <laughs> At ease. <laughs> building a portfolio with fidelity basket portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich it's as simple as picking your stocks and etfs sort of like your meats and other topics and managing it as one big juicy investment Mm, now that's pretty good learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the only good segment on the show. It's when we go into the comments in the athletic app. We go through it every week. You tap, you tap, you tap again. Then tap. Maybe tap, maybe tap three, three more times. times. And leave a comment. I, I just love every week that you guys, you guys jump through these hoops for us. We had 21 comments last week. Uh, most of them, well, I shouldn't say most of them. One specifically was about how horrendous I sounded. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> on last on last week's episode. Alex R. Damn, listen to Sean makes me want to flush out my sinuses. Props for toughing out that upper body injury. Yeah, dude. Um I think so the the my COVID experience has been mainly that it was, I would say, one of the top five gnarliest head colds of my life. Like I I was just so bricked up with with snot that I that it was it was tough to function last week and there was there was nothing to do about it. I sounded like absolute hell. We recorded one of the segments on Monday and I sounded semi normal and then by Tuesday it was just like it was it was a wreck. I I uh I tested positive the first time immediately after the record. 
<laughs> on Monday because Craig and Jeff are like, oh, you should probably you should probably get that looked at. We record via Zoom and I felt compelled to get tested. I got tested after recording with you because I'm like, look, I don't know how any of this works. We're always getting new information. It's it's felt I felt sick. I tested so just took one of the normal antigen tests. Mm-hmm. It came back positive in like no joke 30 seconds. Yeah. Like like I was I was super positive. Um, and now we're, you know, seven days out and I feel fine. Still sounds sort of funky, but yeah. Thanks to people for noticing and or uh, complaining about the way I sounded. Because again, I did. I sounded horrible. Uh, non-playoff question from Ryan H. Mm-hmm. If you were in charge of making a new version of the Pro Stars cartoon, who do you get from hockey and other sports to be on it? And Pro Star, the Pro Stars cartoon was like a little bit ahead of my time. I know that it was Gretzky and uh, Bo Jackson and Mike and uh, and Jordan. I think were the three were the three stars. So if they remake that, I never. This is not on my radar. When so this? Oh really? This came out in 1991. So I don't. Was I, I guess post it, uh, cartoon watching? Yeah. Okay. So I I should have. It's Michael Jordan. Bo it's Jackson. It's 1991. That was like that's like right before I I'm like. I phase in, I was five. Like I, like I start remembering stuff like that very well shortly thereafter, but it should be in my wheelhouse. Gretzky looks great. He's got, uh, Oh, beautiful feather. Like this is, I don't know who. All right. So to answer the question, who represents, I think probably Connor represents hockey, right? It's gotta be Connor McDavid. That sucks so hard that that, that it's LeBron him. And um, Brady? I don't know. No, it'd be Too it'd old. be Mahomes. Oh yeah, gosh, Bo Jackson's just ripped. <laughs> <laughs> Running backs aren't good anymore, so we ha- we have to. They don't matter in the NFL anymore. So we need to go to QBs. It would probably be it would probably be Mahomes. All right, um, man. Bo Jackson was such a phenomenon. I know, man. I was like right on the tail end of. I don't really remember him playing football all that well. Oh my gosh! Said that so that's when I was like peak, and mm-hmm. I was like buying his cards. It was that one card where he had the football shoulder pads on and baseball bat. Like he was holding. It was a classic um, baseball card. I love that card, that Bo Jackson card. He was unbelievable. They got to double dip on the cartoon too, because you have Jordan who's hoops and Gretzky's hockey, and Bo is baseball and football. So they only needed to cut. <laughs> didn't have to get that's right great. To they only need. They only needed to cut one check for for an athlete. That's uh. Smart, smart work by NBC. Um, which playoff teams is from Brody could be interested in Mark Shifley if they don't win a cup? I don't think anybody. Mm. I think I think Mark Shifley's staying staying put at this point. He kind of walked back whatever whatever weirdness, um, whatever weirdness was going on last week. Said he wasn't requesting a trade and whatever. But that is. That's an interesting question. A playoff team that could be interested in Mark Shifley. If they don't win the cup. If they don't also, win the cup. Rough, this was the rough year for Mark Shifley when we yes, all. Yes, it was. Everyone kind of figured out he is, maybe isn't Wait as good second. as we thought he was. Right? Mm-hmm. Cap hit over $6 million. Um, He, I mean, he's maybe a little young to say that he's in decline, but I don't know. Who... Playoff team that, that that could use him. Who would want him? 
who would want a six million dollar Mark Shifley if if you're already a good team? Slot him in as your on your second line. Like the six Boston. million doesn't. I have to think on this. Snap snap judgment is Boston because okay. they are still looking for a second line center. They're still looking for the Krejci replacement. They're in for an interesting offseason, I think Boston is. Because you have Bergeron's up for a contract. Who knows what that's going to end up looking like. I think I would I would keep an eye on them in general. Shifley would be interesting there because at least he'd provide some secondary scoring, which, you know, is always going to be an issue for them. Like, we when they're, when they're good, it's because they get dragged by Pasternak and Marchand and... In, in Bergeron. So I don't know, maybe that's someone who, who rolls a dice on them just because they're, you know, a core that's either in their prime or past it and need some kind of offensive punch from a second line center. But man, six, six and a quarter for him. It's pretty steep. It's a lot. Um, Yardenis is love. We had a, a few people just saying how much they love Shayna. She was really good. Yeah. We, uh, we were so tempted just to tell producer Jeff, like, hey, during the playoffs, let's just run Shayna back every week because the, it, yeah. yeah, she needs she needs time to sleep. I think that's yeah, my main does, issue with her. Like, yeah, she, I would she feel works. guilty asking her to because she's she's like, I was thinking about that last night as I'm watching games. How much I just depend on her her Twitter feed for replays it's, and stuff to track. It, it's, and I'm like, even, she's just doing that for fun. It's embarrassing. She's a, she is um, top three hires. The athletics ever made. I'm number, I'm number one. Um, little known facts. Little, yeah. little known fact from Andrew age. Really I didn't get to finish it. That's fine. She okay, adds no. brain. cells. I would agree that she adds brain cells to the podcast. Oh, that was, that, that was Yardana who said that, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, she's Shane is smart and we're stupid. I mean, it's not it's not hard to it's not hard to figure not hard to figure it out. Very fun, Yardena says. I hope Sean feels better. We all know Craig can barely show up every week as it is. Barely. I can't believe I even made it this week. <laughs> hey, I worked it around a, a flight last week. Like that was dedication. You had COVID. We like that should never have happened, the Shane episode. Probably would have been better if she just ran it by herself. Great line from Andrew Age. Little known fact: Shana Golden, Shade Mc, yeah, <laughs> Shane McGordon, Shana Goldman was a member of the 2014-15 USN TDP team, which is true. <laughs> she played on a line with Christian Fisher. <laughs> we kept the streak alive. We have to run that. We get. We have to run that back. We got to get that going again. Rod T says hi, guys. Costco CEO here. Hey, welcome back. <laughs> hey, hey, how are you? We big fans, big fans of Costco. What say we replace our acai bowls with spicy pork and broccoli? Yes, I like uh, that. We will, of course, leave the hot dogs on the menu at the same dollar fifty. We know that Rod T because you will get. Would you stay threatened with your life by the I will, former I will, CEO? I will kill you. Yeah, you will. You will lose your life if you if you mark that up a penny. Oh my God. I'm just glad. I'm glad this <laughs> the spicy pork and broccoli meme had a, a 24 hour shelf life. I feel like I had I I went to sleep thinking that that was funny regarding Louis Domingue's uh, overtime meal in game one of that series, and I woke up in the morning. I was like, okay, I'm over it. But the wildest part of all this is that Louis Domingue is somehow the, a goalie for a team with a three one lead in the playoffs. I don't I don't know how that happened. 
but we that's need to where we should spend himself. 30 seconds talking about Rangers penguins mm-hmm. because we haven't and those are two premier american teams yep um and you know we were pretty i will say if you go back and listen to the tape i predicted the penguins to win the series and i thought they would old man it their mm-hmm. way through the series through st- structure and team play and uh, boy they are old manning it like Sidney crosby is just saying hop on my back i mean the the taunting of uh, you know, the Igor, like all of that. I just, it was mm-hmm. uh, like, I was watching it and I'm like, is this what's happening right now? Like we're taunt, we're openly taunting the best goalie in hockey. Who's going to win a Vesna. That just can't be the, the finalist just came out on the Vesna. It's what in the world is happening there, Sean? I mean, I think it's a mix of the Rangers regressing into the five on five team that they were before the deadline. That was, yeah, I the thought change. they fixed that. Like that was I, the thing. We're like, me too. Solved, problem solved at even strange. Andrew, Andrew Cobb. T- I mean, and, Tyler Mott's hurt. Maybe that's maybe that's part of it. But man, they they are getting. Do you know what high danger chances were in that last game? They were twenty no. to one. <laughs> twenty to one. It's not just like it's not that last game. Bad as Shesterkin was and lost as he looked by the end of that second period, it was not just that. They are getting the they're getting the breaks beat off them. Mm. Crosby's the best ser- the best player in the series by a mile. He looks, it is vintage, vintage stuff from him. I got to say, I'm enjoying it. I, yeah, dude. Why we're Sorry, old. Rangers fans. I mean, but yeah. like, yeah, I love seeing an old guy just say, hey, this is, in my thought, in the preview show, we were talking about it. I was like, look, the Rangers are, I think this, uh, the second youngest roster in the playoffs right now, they, you know, they, they, they think they have all the time in the world to figure this out. So like. They're, meanwhile, the Penguins just, they know how to win. Jeff Carter, like a guy like Jeff Carter plays, making a difference last night. Yeah. Like well, first, you're seeing it now and you're series, like, oh, yeah. I mean, besides, we were like the huge gap in goal. Like it was hard to ignore that. You're like, it's impossible. well, it's impossible to just like write that off. But as you're watching it and you're like, oh, yeah, like this is what happens in the playoffs. It's just a nice reminder that the last few weeks of the regular season, depending on the team, we'll say, really don't matter. Like the Penguins look dead on their feet, the Rangers look yeah. like world beaters, and then something, something yeah, happened. That again. first, the That's first game, it once once Pittsburgh's once Pittsburgh started getting something from from players other than Crosby and Gensel, I think that's when the that's when the dams bro- that's when the dam broke, you know, whatever at the start of Game Three, pretty much. Game Game One was a coin flip. Game Two, you know, whatever. Game Three is is when. I was watching and was like, oh, I think they're just, I think one team is better than the other in this series, and it is not the one that I thought. Where's Brian Russ going to play next year? That's what I'd like to know. I know where he's not going to play. Yeah. <laughs> I want to read a comment from Jen F, because I just wanted to say thank you. I haven't listened to the episode yet. That's not why we're thinking Jen. She probably, hopefully she never did, unless you want to listen to Shayna. Way behind you to family reasons, but I wanted to let Craig know I got his Behind the Bench book for Mother's Day. Can't wait to read it. Also, finding out Sidney Crosby wrote the foreword was an amazing surprise. Sid, great writer. Probably the best, probably the best three pages in the book. Um, that's such a Dude, that's such a conflict of interest. You should have to say that mm. every time you mention Sidney Crosby. Just mention it. That he wrote the foreword to my book? We're governed by these New York Times company ethics laws now, mm. bro. I think I, I think you need to start saying Statute that of limitations. Stuff. That book's been out five years. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, my God. Um, To whoever bought Jen that for Mother's Day. First of all, happy Mother's Day to Jen. Yeah, happy happy Mother's Day to everybody. Everybody, all the mothers out there. 
Um, great ta- like uh, great taste in um, Mother's Day purchases. I wouldn't even give my own mom that book. She would be like, mm, can I get flowers? So thank you to the Jen F's family. Lots of comments about the stars. Tim yeah, B, at yeah, the yeah. time of this writing, Dallas is up 2-1 and win or lose Monday night. I cannot wait to hear the commentary and the stars being the stars. Tim, my boy. Uh, <laughs> you, have, you have come to the right place. I have watched every rotten game of that series. <laughs> um, <laughs> last, I, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. Last night was, last night was fun. Yeah. And part of that was because you know bad news for Tim is that the Flames finally the Flames finally figured it out. They had a hundred shot attempts throughout the course of that game. By the way. Um, uh yeah, I I don't I don't think this is gonna work out for Dallas. I think the Reaper came maybe a little bit a little bit later than we thought. But yeah, but if you walk out of this and you're like Jake Ottinger's really really good, like oh he's so good, he's so good. Like sometimes you can lose, but really you win. And you have a franchise goal, like Peter mentioned, that 2017 draft was is franchise changing for the Stars potentially. I don't know what it, you do with that roster because other people are it's aging so out. So bizarre. I, really, I know. I don't have a good. I don't well, know. Well, I mean, I don't know. If you if you have a franchise goalie, you have, we'll say, a top 10 defenseman in the league in Haskinen, or top 10 or close to it. Yeah. And you have two young guys on your top line in Hinson Robertson and Pavelski, who, I mean, he's signed for five and a half next year. I know he's about to be 38, but I don't know that there's any. I, I know the end comes for guys, can come for guys quickly, right? But. I don't think I'm. I think we're going to see Joe Pavelski for more he's than not one. Getting any more slower, than one someone more said year. in the game last night. You know what I mean? Like he's he is what he is, so he can again old man it through through. I don't know. So if you have if you have Ottinger and Haskin in in a legitimate top line, and you can find some way to add more around those guys, the issue for them, and it was always going to be the issue for them, is that Sagan is untradeable, and he makes so much money. For a few more years, and God bless him, because like the injury that he had was horrific, and yeah. the in the in the in the surgery was brutal. But they are in a tough spot with him. So from a cap standpoint, I'm not sure what they're going to do. But the fact that they have those pieces in place, you know, in really important parts of the lineup, like you could do a lot worse than that. And they're going to try. We know that, right? We know that about Jim Nell. We know that about that ownership group is like there's no rebuild coming like they're they're going to try to get better because that's just the way they have to do things well if they just keep ad- adding three pivotal pieces every draft they'll be able to surround those guys we'll, we'll yeah. see and joe pavelski will be 43 and he'll still be scoring 20 24 goals a year or whatever they said be fine someone in the broadcast called jake ottinger a top six goalie in the league right now <laughs> i don't know I if i would go with, interesting. i don't know if i would go with I forgot that, who said but... it. it just was i'm like wow we're there um Thanks everybody for the questions. Yeah, they're great as always. Um, I love the I love the callbacks like the Costco one. That looked they're really funny. funny. <laughs> um, also, Sean mentioned this earlier, but our good buddy Max Baltman and Corey Pronman, who's not our good buddy, host a live mm-hmm. room during the NHL draft lottery. That's tonight, and it will be posted as a podcast. Hop on the live room. You got to have the Athletic app. Much easier to do than leave a comment on this podcast. I think it'll even give you, like, if you log on during the um, live room, it it, it gives you a a thing to click right away. And they're fun. And um, you get to ask questions. 
I'm looking forward. We will do. We are slated to do one for yes, this podcast, gonna, Sean and I. And we get to hear from you all by voice. And I'm looking forward to to being able to break that barrier um, and interact. <laughs> so listen to Max and Corey tonight. Also, uh, Shayna Goldman. We all know you're fans of Shayna. We all are. She's joining Pizzo, Sivian. Oh, my Ranger God. Tomorrow. Shayna, <laughs> Shayna, take a day off, please. Take a day off, please. Um, so make sure you listen to that because she's great. And a couple more things. Subscribe to The Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts to get all the bonus content from our entire network. You start with a 30-day free trial, then it's 99 cents after that. Please go leave a review wherever you listen to this. That would be helpful to Sean and I. Um, we want to get, we want to grow, continue to grow this audience so we can continue to talk to each other once a week. Because that's the only time we talk is this hour-long window. I mm-hmm. can check on how he's feeling. Bad. No, I'm, o- I'm okay. I'm glad to hear it. Thanks um, for asking. I, a little late, but that's okay. And if you're not subscribed, you know you could have just you could you, you could have just texted and asked how I was doing. You didn't have to do this for on the on the dog and pony show act here. I only communicate with you if I'm making content. <laughs> how can we turn this into content? He says. <laughs> What's the even point when we're in- texting? I'm like, hey, can I screen grab this and use this? <laughs> Yeah, what's the, what's the point in having friendships and relationships if you can't mine it for content? That's why I always that's say. I, that's what I would say. Absolutely. If you're not subscribing to the uh, to to the Atlantic, you mm-hmm. should be. I think they won a Pulitzer yesterday. <laughs> hey, could you hey, believe? You know what? Welcome to the club, Atlantic. We're, we're oh. happy to have you. <sighs> I want. I'm so jealous. Um, so congratulations, of course, to the Atlantic. And also, if you'd like to su- subscribe to The Athletic, you can go to theathletic.com slash hockey show and get in for $1 for six months. Wow. What a deal. Thanks to Indiana Jones, Peter Baugh, Indiana Baugh. And thank you, my dear listener, for listening. Thank you, Sean, for showing up. Yeah, I'm going to be wearing a cool hat next time, too. Jeff can pick out some interesting music for me as well. All right. Thank you. <laughs>